balls, belly roll, stretch marks, cellulite, belly meat, pubic hair, flat. pubic sideburns, scars, lower back, blemishes. hair, underarm hair, pubic hair, pubic sideburns, fuzzy belly, lower hair, back, tear, underarm hair, back roll, stretch marks, belly meat, outy vagina, nipple hair, scars, blemishes, outy vagina, nipple sideburns, lower back hair, underarm hair, bunny hair, fuzzy belly hair. China's nipple hair, acne, body acne, inverted nipples. I just felt like I read a fucking shopping list. But I didn't read a shopping list, and I certainly did not read my shopping list. Although I do have quite a few of those things on the list that I just whispered into this microphone for you. If you're confused as to what this episode is all about... I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the human body. Are you ready? Something appropriate for us that has a message. Um, then the only song I can really kind of think of. Hey friends, it's me, Carissa V, and I'm the host of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. Welcome. I hope you're all well and starting this month off right. I don't know how many times I actually had to do that, but let me tell you, it was not just once. (laughs) Starting off this episode so strong, so strong, so professional. (laughs) Uh, I've been podcasting almost now a year it's oh, we're almost there we're we're starting that countdown of beauty unlocked becoming one but i still have issues starting this podcast and i'm just being real i'm just being raw i'm pretty much very raw at this point um but it's been so i feel like it's been such a long time since i've actually done an episode even though we dropped um, an episode last week with uh, the daughter of Lilith. If you haven't checked it out, go do so because it's a very insightful episode. I decided to like broaden my horizons and use a different vocabulary word instead of interesting, insightful. <laughs> it is the word of the day, friends. So today's riveting episode, ooh, riveting, is brought to you by our body. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Carissa, that's what your entire show is based on, very true, very true, touche, so true. But we're going to delve deeper than that. We're going to talk about our body's natural state. Now, many people think that having body hair is something that's not natural or back rolls or belly rolls. I mean, I could, cellulite, stretch marks, all this body acne, acne, um, butt hair. I mean, I can, I like the list that I, I, I made and was uh, whispering into the microphone for you there in the intro. All these things are natural. It's something that our bodies do. But before I get into all that and delving much, much deeper into it, uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, Beauty Unlocked Podcast on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, where Beauty Unlocked the podcast Wherever you type Beauty Unlocked, we come up. Uh, Don't forget also to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple because that really does help push the show up the charts. Charts? I can't speak. 
Uh, that's actually quite normal for me, not being able to speak. Um, but leave a review, a five-star review, and it helps because it drives the, the show up the charts and more and more people get to come into this beautiful, beautiful family. So with all that being said, and I'm taking the deepest breath. So we're going to start off with the hair of it all. Now, a while back, episode 14, <laughs> I don't remember the release date, but it was episode 14. We're episode 36 now, so it was a while back. We discussed hair. Now, I'm going to go deeper into it because for episode 14, we talked about hair removal and the pressures there are to remove your body hair. Um, but now we're going to kind of talk about why we have body hair. What's the purpose of our body hair? And to show that it's actually quite natural. In scouring the internet, I found countless, and I mean countless, numerous articles regarding body hair. Um, but this, I got uh, this from health.howstuffworks.com, uh, and it's about human body hair. Now, I'm going to take you back in history, and we're going to talk about human body hair patterns. Why humans went bald. <laughs> so, when was this article written? This article was written back in, I have no clue. <laughs> but it was written by Kristen Conger and she says compared to most mammals humans are relatively bald we certainly uh, we're certainly the most hairless of the primates only a handful of other mammals are sparsely covered with body hair and this includes elephants and rhinoceroses so since elephants and rhinos spend a lot of time submerged in water to stay cool having little hair makes sense in exchange they have thicker skin to prevent too much heat from escaping their bodies. So you put a man next to a chimpanzee, our closest genetic relative, and the man's body appears much more exposed. But rather than having fewer hairs, the distinguishing factor is the size of them. In fact, humans have around the same density of ha hair follicles across the body as other primates. The two species also share the same hairless body parts, lips, palms, soles of the feet. Yet human hair is finer and shorter than chimpanzee hair. So why during the course of human evolution did humans shed the thicker, their thicker primate coats? At some point, thick hair must have become more of a burden than an asset. And scientists have determined a number of potential answers as to how that came about. One theory proposes that early man was a water-dwelling ape. I'm just getting all sorts of visuals. <laughs> and less hair was better suited to this aqueous, aqua, oh my God, aqueous environment. Whew. <laughs> Another explains it is an ad ad adaptation to prevent the spread of parasites since they thrive in thicker fur. Now I'm just like thinking, okay, I don't know why I just thought of like genital hair. And I was like, ooh, if you, anyway, doesn't really matter. That's just my imagination right there. Other point to the milestone of bipedalism that occurred around 2 million years ago. So by standing erect, instead of on all fours, humans expose only one third of their bodies to direct sunlight. With that posture, a full fur covering wouldn't be necessary for protection from the sun. So whatever the evolutionary trigger was, the sum of those adaptations has left humans with sporadic body hair patterns. Our heads, underarms, and genitals have thicker patches. I'm just thinking of my own. I can tell you that I definitely have thicker patches. 
while places like the back generally have sparse coverings. Now, uh, just a friendly reminder, let's just say that body hair, some people also, depending on where they come from and their genetics, also kind of makes up how much hair they have. For example, I'm going to take myself. Now, (laughs) I'm uh, half Mediterranean from Cyprus, and we're quite hairy. We are a very hairy bunch. Mediterraneans in general are just a very hairy bunch. And this is regardless of whether you um, identify as a man or identify as a woman. We just are hairy. And this is mostly in the Mediterranean basin. Now, when you come from, let's say, the Scandinavian countries you don't have as much hair. Now, that's not to say that Scandinavians or those that, you know, have Scandinavian origins don't have hair. They do, but it's a bit lighter. You see where I'm going, kind of? In some places, there's more sun. In other places, there's less sun. You kind of know where I'm going, right? Back to the article. (laughs) So, what's the function of body hair? So, imagine wearing a park outside on a sunny day in July. As you walk around, your body rapidly heats up. You grow uncomfortable. That's pretty much my daily reality. And start to sweat. After 30 minutes boiling inside of the coat, you unzip it and feel the cool outside air rush to your skin. If humans had thick fur like chimpanzees, it would probably feel a lot like being trapped inside of a permanent parka, especially when the mercury, mercury rises. Mammals have an internal mechanism called thermoregulation that allows the brain to adjust the temperature inside of their bodies. But there are limits to that range, and for humans, that range is more restrictive on the warmer end of the scale. If your internal temperature increases more than a dozen or so degrees, you'd probably die. It's a fact. To keep your body from overheating, you sweat. Because, you know, that's normal to sweat. But in order for sweat to do its job and cool you off through evaporation, there can't be a lot of thick hair to get in the way. Most adults have about 5 million hairs across their bodies, and this is what I mentioned back in episode uh, 14. (laughs) So that's a steep number. But the hair's short, fine structure facilitates our sweat-cooling response. That capability to withstand heat allowed humans to migrate around 1.7 million years ago from tree-covered areas to open savannas. So humans retained plentiful tresses on the tops of their head for protection. This makes sense since the head is one of the main parts of the body that's consistently exposed to the sun. That means there's a greater amount of heat and radiation that reaches it directly. So that sums up body hair, pretty much. Its function, why we kind of shed our ape-like hair from back in the day, 1.7 million years ago, and there you go. Now we're actually going to talk about pubic hair. Oh my. I feel that there's some controversy, and I don't think I'm the only one to think so, but I find that there's some controversy that um, revolves around pubic hair and people's nether regions. And in all honesty, and I'm going to say this from right now instead of leaving it to the end of the episode, whatever you do with your nether regions, whether you pluck it, whether you, you shave it, whether you wax it, laser it, whatever you do... Um, it's your business and it's quite normal or should I say quite natural to have pubic hair. Actually, you would be surprised. It's also natural to have pubic sideburns and I'm going to be like open with you. 
and say that I used to have pubic sideburns and it's it's normal. <laughs> People are like, whoa, that's way too much information for me. And I'm just like, yeah, but I, I sh I'm, I'm just very open about these things. I mean, when it came to pubic hair, I've had, well, I, I had pubic hair, pubic sideburns. I even had like hair inside, not on the inside of my ass, but like, you know, inside the cheeks. Do you know what? That's how I was made. And I decided to laser. Um, but whatever you do, you, you do. It's, it's your body. And no one has the right to judge you and be like, ew, that's disgusting. Actually, no, that's natural. First rant and rave over. Let's get into the article now. So you're probably thinking, what the hell? Why? Do we have pubic hair? Well, one theory is that it re it's in it to reduce friction. So the skin on your genital region is delicate. Pubic hair acts like a protective buffer, reducing friction during sex and other activities. Some sources even refer to pubic hair as dry lubricant. Oh, right. That's because it's easier to rub hair against hair than it is to rub skin against skin. I'm getting, again, these men mental images, and I'm like, ooh, that's, okay, chafing. Ow. Pubic hair may also keep the genitals warm, which is an important factor in sexual arousal. So that's one of the theories right there. Protection from bacteria and other pathogens. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pubic hair serves a similar function to eyelashes or nose hair. That is, it traps dirt, debris, and potentially harmful microorganisms. In addition, hair follicles produce sebum, an oil which actually prevents bacteria from reproducing. It follows that pubic hair may protect against certain infections, including cellulitis, sexually transmitted infections, urinary tract infections, vagini uh, vaginitis, and yeast infections. So many people think, ew, but like pubic hair is like unhygienic. Actually... That's a common misconception, friends. <laughs> so there was um, there was a survey uh, that was taken back in 2013. Um, and it was a survey. There was 7,580 uh, participants. So 59% of women and 61% of men who groomed their pubic hair reported doing so for hygienic purposes. But pubic hair isn't actually unhygienic. Like other hair on your body, your pubes trap sweat, oil, and bacteria. So they might have a slightly stronger odor than other areas of your body. Oh my, we sweat. I feel like there's controversy also when it comes to like sweating. I don't know why, but that's completely natural. I found actually another theory <laughs> and it was about um, mating. And speaking of mating, body hair can also play a role in sexual attraction. On a superficial level, some people may prefer partners with long, short, or curly locks. Biologically, the areas of thicker hair on humans' underarms and genitals are probably probably related to sexual selection. Both of those areas are sites of scent-releasing organs called apocrine glands. The odorous chemicals that the glands emit are unique to every person and may help attract potential partners like pheromones in other animals. The hair in those areas traps and amplifies those odors. I love how the, the article says this. Like loudspeakers that amplify your body's chemical siren song of attraction. <laughs> oh, if I was seriously in advertising, let me tell you, I would, <laughs> based just on that statement, I would make, I would seriously come up with the best advertisement and probably like a jingle theme song too. <laughs> From body hair to pubic hair, pubic sideburns, we're going to move on. 
we're going to talk all things nipples. So <laughs> when I was um, researching, the thing that I wrote was nipple hair. And then <laughs> a whole bunch of articles came up. And one of the articles was, is nipple hair normal? <laughs> Actually, it is. But uh, I found this article on self.com. And it was written in 2017 by Corin Miller. And I love, I took this part, like I made it the title, Consider it boob decoration. So pretty much everyone has some level of hair on their breasts. What people typically call nipple hair usually isn't on the actual nipple at all. Instead, this hair often pops up on the areoli, aka the pigmented circles surrounding your nipples and other non-nipple breast skin. So Dr. Joshua Zeichner uh, says that it's extremely common for women to have hair around their nipples. And he's a New York uh, City-based board-certified dermatologist and director of cosmetic and clinical research in dermatology at Mount Sinai Medical Center. Whew, that's, that was a mouthful. So um, it says the, the exact percentage of how many women have breast hair isn't known, since this isn't something that has been studied at large or that women usually report to their doctors. Still, women's health expert Dr. Jennifer Wider agrees. Um, that breast hair is very common. But, and you're asking yourself this, why does it exist? Biologically speaking, humans likely developed body hair for many reasons, some of which scientists haven't yet fully pinpointed. But okay, hair around your nipples may be a holdover from when body hair was an important part of regulating your temperature. Since things like air conditioning, heaters, and fuzzy sweaters can do that now, the hair around your nipples doesn't seem to serve any present-day purpose, consider it boob decoration. Like any other kind of body hair, breast hair can vary in amount, thickness, and color from person to person. Similarly to your pubic hair, it can also look different from the hair on the rest of your body, and this is what Dr. Zeichner says. You may notice more hair growing around your nipples if your hormones are fluctuating more than usual, like during pregnancy. And this is what Dr. Sherry A. Ross um, says, and she's a woman health expert, a woman's health expert, sorry. So if you notice that you're producing a lot more hair here than you used to, it could be a sign of the condition like PCOS, so polycystic ovary syndrome, which can cause excessive hair growth on your face and body. This type of hair growth is known as hirsutism, sorry, whoo, hirsutism, and can happen because of the elevated male hormones like testosterone, which are common characteristics of PCOS. And this is what Dr. Ross says. Um, so keep in mind, just before you go and self-diagnose, that having hair around your nipples without any other symptoms isn't a sign of PCOS. Um, but if you're noticing a lot more than usual and you're also getting hair on your face coupled with symptoms like bad acne and irregular periods, it's worth uh, flagging for your doctor. They can, uh, they can evaluate you and if necessary, recommend treatment like birth control or other medications to prevent excessive hair growth. Actually, back in the day when I used to be on birth control, this is one of the reasons why my gynecologist put me on birth control. He's like, I see that you have an excessive amount of hair on your body. And I'm just looking at him like, the fuck? So the bottom line to all this is that hair surrounding your nipples is usually just a part of having breasts. There's no reason to feel weird about it or like your breasts need to be as smooth and hairless as a baby dolphin. But if you really can't stand having breast hair, you can pluck it out just like you would pluck your eyebrows. But remember this, the skin around your nipples is delicate and can be easily irritated. So razors and wax are dicier options than simply tweezing. 
Again, having hair around your nipples is super normal and not something you need to stress about or consider removing if it's not bothering you. But if it does bother you or it seems like a sign something up with your health, talk to your doctor to discuss ways you can nip any bothersome breast hair in the bud. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. Going from nipple hair, um, we're going to go to your nipples don't stick out, they stick in, which is known as inverted nipples. So inverted nipples can be congenital, but they can also be acquired during one's lifetime. And they're not uncommon. In fact, it's estimated that 10 to 20% of people with breasts have inverted nipples, which is when the nipple indent in the areola, or areola sorry, instead of standing above the surface of the breast. So inverted nipples are totally safe and can happen with one or both breasts. So no need to worry if you have inverted nipples because again, it's something that the body does and it's normal. Continuing with my research and in the search of all things related to nipples, one of the things that popped up was you think you've got the wrong nipple color. Mm. Whether your nipples are so pale you can see your blue veins, oh hey, or they're a rich shade of brown, you needn't worry. They're totally normal. Nipple color is not indicative of health in any way. Uh, there is natural variability in nipple color just as there is in skin tone variability with and within different ethnicities. Denoma agrees that color is not usually indicative of breast pathology, but a rash, crusting, or a lesion on the nipple or areoli may be. The exception here is if your nipples have suddenly turned red. So if there is anything. Now, if you know why they're red, for example, you went running and they chafed against your sports bra, then you're good. Otherwise, and as always, we always say um, on the show, if there's something that bothers you, if you feel like there's something wrong with your body in the sense of wrong, you see you, you see a sudden change, um, then head on over to your doctor and talk about your concerns. But please, 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 please don't self-diagnose. I know we have this thing of going on WebMD when we like have symptoms of something or we notice, you know, something on us and then we go and like self-diagnose and please don't because that just that just really fucks with your brain so please just head on over to your doctor and if you have any concerns about any changes within your body then please head on over to a doctor and do not self-diagnose i repeat do not self-diagnose so guess what, friends? I decided to do this. I decided to make this a two-parter because I don't want to bombard you with too much information, which leaves you reeling and feeling a little bit dizzy. So I've decided to make a part two of this. And yeah, so you can just kind of soak in that information about the human body and its natural state, whether it comes down to inverted nipples, different nipple colors, Nipple hair, pubic hair, pubic sideburns. Although I didn't talk about pubic sideburns, I talked about my pubic sideburns in the past. And body hair in general. I was checking out Pinterest and I found um, this pin that I wanted to bring to you as a kind of closing this episode. And it said, beauty. Slightly mutilating the natural state of your body in order to be deemed acceptable. This is what the pin said, I'm going to add, by a society that will always judge you no matter what state your body is in. So guess what? You do your own thing, love your body. I know sometimes it's very difficult, especially if we live in a 
society that's always comparing. We were bombarded by images of, and I put this in air quotes, the perfect body. And you know what the perfect body is? The perfect body is having body hair and having stretch marks and cellulite and inverted nipples or nipple hair or hair wherever it might grow and and body acne and all these things. That is your body. All right. And for me, that's a perfect piece of machinery. And if you feel comfortable by plucking, shaving, I don't know, lasering, waxing, whatever it may be, that's that's fine. It's your body. Do what you want with your body, but don't compare your body to others and don't judge and shame someone else for having a different body. Variety is the spice of life. That's how I see it. And we wouldn't want to be judged by what we look like. So try not to do it to other people. And if you do catch yourself having those thoughts of where you're judging someone by their appearance or what their body looks like, try to be more self-aware and think, where is, where, is this, where is this idea coming from? Where is this notion coming from? It comes from a society that has bombarded me with too many images of what it deems acceptable. So don't fall into that trap. Remember this. To love each other, love yourselves, spread some of that sweet, sweet love. And you're going to hear from me next week with part 2. Bye!